Welcome to Peers Like Me, a podcast hosted by Western New York Independent Living. Today, our guest is Heidi Olson, who was honorably discharged from the U.S. Army with the mental health issues in 2010 and now serves as a support peer for veterans at Restoration Society. Our host is Maura Kelly, the voice of individuals, WNYIL, sir. Peers Like Me podcast. Peers Like Me is a regularly updated podcast developed by people who have been severely and personally impacted by mental health issues. For many people in this situation, seeking to be understood and having hope for recovery is often elusive. Peers Like Me podcast aims to address these barriers by educating listeners on all the different ways people can seek help, understanding, and hope through interviewing our guests about their journey of recovery, their community leadership and successful lives despite their own issues related to mental health. Peers Like Me podcast also envisions increased understanding by our community, neighbors, and co-workers to have one of us truly be included in our community and hope for recovery and living very fulfilling lives. Hello, my name is Maura Kelly, and I'm your today's host of Peers Like Me, and it's been a privilege to interview all these wonderful people, and today we have a special guest, Heidi Olson, and Heidi uh, is a veteran peer, and she was in the U.S. Army from 2002 to 2004. She served one year in Seoul, Korea, where she was given an honorable discharge, but put on a plane back to Buffalo. The Army did not assist in her transition um, to life out of the military, and I found this very interesting. Um, She had to be discharged in one hand and a mental health diagnosis in the other. In 2010, uh, she obtained VA disability uh, rating of a percentage and successfully moved into her own apartment with a housing voucher from HUD and the VA. In the winter of 2012, she had what she says is a breakdown and ended up for the first time as a patient in the Buffalo VA Medical Center. From that time till Sometime in 2016, she was hospitalized a few more times for mental health. In 2018, she graduated with her second undergraduate degree at Sunny at Buffalo State in human services. While she was a student, she learned how to advocate for herself and veterans in general. Um, She started a part-time job at Restoration Society, which she still is uh, working. And I met Heidi, I don't know, maybe... A year ago, and uh, we we go to a community of learning, and like every Friday, and it's just fascinating to hear Heidi's story and understand more, or not, or just for the first time, what vets have to go through in uh, transitioning into the community, and then the idea of what vets have to go through transitioning in the community with mental health labels or issues. So Heidi came here, it's a snowy day, and I'd just like to welcome her and say good day. Thank you. Hi Heidi, how you doing? I am doing really good. Okay, so um, can you share why you decided to be a peer support uh, supporter for veterans? Like, well, what, what, Why is it important to you? Well, I was, I was in the social work field trying to get... First, a graduate 
degree in social work and then I went into the bachelor's and both of them. Um, Was I, this after your, your service? Yes. Yeah, okay, all right, yeah. And um, both of them, they, um, the field placement um, kind of was the catalyst for um, my first breakdown and getting into the VA mental health system. And so, so that, that's a term I don't hear much uh, is breakdown. What does that mean? What does that mean? So, to you? what happened is what, what does a breakdown mean? Um, I really hadn't taken care of my myself at the graduate level, yeah. and I was starting. I was having some issues in the field placement. Mm-hmm. Um, I um, the field field educator wanted me basically said to me that um, be, I had to be a social worker at all times, mm-hmm. which um, led to me um, thinking that, oh, this was the military, that um, that this agency was the military, and that I was expected to be. Okay. Um, so there was some of that going on, and then what happened is on a really cold day after I had moved um it was really cold i forgot where i parked my car i went for breakfast oh. one morning and then got ended up getting a ride to where i was working i was working as a personal care aide at the time mm-hmm. and um so you just got out of touch with what's going on around you yes yeah. so but it sounds like the triggering point was remembering what it was like in the military yeah. So that, what, what's it like in the military? So. so I think one of the things people don't recognize is that um, when you are in the military and when you go through basic training, you you are you um, give up a lot of the freedoms and a lot of the rights that Americans take for granted, and you you're basically at the beck and call of the president or and the government right. to defend the constitution and whatever military actions or whatever um they tell they, you to do. whatever they tell you to do and it's not like a nine to five job right. where you can just shut off your military duties right so for me a, a non-military person i would think hey i want to do this job so i would get the job maybe go through an orientation and then I could say, hey, I don't like this, or, 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 or sometimes they might say, Mara, will you do this? And I'll say, no, I, I, I don't feel comfortable doing that. But you're saying in the military, you didn't have that option. Right. When you, because you go through basic training, and they train you to think of the country and the, your buddy and everything before that. It's not like in a typical job, you can say, oh, can I redo this, or right. can I... Can I have this in the military? You you have to you have to do what your higher up says. You have and you don't have a choice. So so so, so like for me working, like I value my privacy and my my pri- private time and my my personal time. Do you get that in the military? Like or are you like you don't have you can't say oh I'm not working Friday. Right or is that right? You yeah. can't you or if they need you to get up at three in the morning for a field exercise later that day, 
you can't you can't say oh I. So you get oh I gotta take a walk to deal with my anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. So you don't have an option. They just they, they you're their beck and call. Right. And if if you do report that you do have a, a military that you that something is going on with that you are getting depressed or you are which is, makes you you can't do the job. Yeah, there is a stigma for a lot of military and veterans that is like, oh, if I report this, then I'm going to get a discharge, or I'm going to... There's fear that that's yes. going to happen. So, so then a lot of veterans and military personnel don't want to report like the their feelings, their um, emotions, or that, oh, I'm having this problem... And I need help. Okay, and that goes back to, I would guess, why people, why our nation, like, wh- what makes someone decide, I'm going to give up my life and put my my life in the hands of the military? What? How does that decision come Well, first of all, we have to recognize that the U.S. has an all-volunteer military. Mm-hmm. So why and would someone volunteer? So, uh... That's why the military has a lot of perks of, like, pay, health insurance, um, dental that you get automatically while you're mm-hmm. serving. Um, that, um, Do you get and, anything and, after once you're discharged? And education benefits. Oh, okay. and, um, so they'll pay for school. Right. Yeah, and okay. that's, what, that's what the VA is, was originally designed for, was to give veterans that um, benefit after service because you provided a service to the country. So um, that's their so their commitment is you give us your life for a certain amount of time that you agree to mm-hmm. and then we'll make sure you're okay after that. Sort basically. So sort of. Yeah. But what people don't realize is that when when you do get out like, there are a lot of veterans that were in my situation that yeah. basically received a discharge and diagnosis of something, and then there is no one... They just want... The, the government or the VA just washes their hands of it, like, good luck, see you yeah. later. Yeah, and then... Or, yeah. or they say, oh, you can go to the VA, and... But that's the, not clear cut. And, the, and then you Usually, veterans have to find out from other veterans, like... Oh well, you should have done. You need to do this. You need to do this. Okay. This needs to be done. And um, okay, so I know a lot of people that come out of prison, mm-hmm. and they're basically given ID, like they, they're given because they lose their um, proof of identification mm-hmm. while they're years in prison. They're given an ID and saying, "Okay, good luck." Is that sort of what the VA does if you well, if you leave what, with a label? That's, that's what the military kind of does. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, there have been policy changes and legislation that have tried to include more veterans, especially with the PACT Act with uh, veterans that have, have been exposed to toxic right, fumes okay. yeah. and stuff like that. Like damages. That they yeah. can now get VA benefits. Okay, so somehow you said I want to be a peer and and help veterans. So so basically, um, I why did you decide that? Yeah. 
Well, um, social work really wasn't working out for me. And then mm-hmm. when peer work, kind of like, oh, I can be become a peer, again, no one kind of like hand-holded me and, and trying to figure out, and I'm still, in a way, trying to figure out the peer peer um, career path. Right. So you're along in your life, and you probably meet another veteran, and you got things in common. Is that mm-hmm. like, that you don't have in common with anyone else? I guess that's right. the uniqueness. And, and I think um, because of my experiences with having one foot in the VA and one foot in, in like, let's say, school or right. other places to actually get get and accomplish um, a second undergraduate degree and right. other things. It's um, like you had to, you had to learn a lot to get what you earned being a veteran. Is that yes? And people don't know that that's not posted anywhere or something. Or, right. It, uh, it's, it's not public knowledge, really. It's not out there. Yeah, yeah. There's really not that many peers and I peers that serve veterans. There are organizations like the PFC Dwyer Program. Yeah, that's a, uh, what's a PFC? The PFC Dwyer Program is the state um, program that creates um, social gatherings for veterans to come together, but that there are other veterans that may have knowledge, but not many of them are certified peers. and Okay. um, Yeah. So... What do you find is different from, like, I have a mental health issue, mental illness, and I provide peer services. What makes it better that, like, why why would it be better to to serve someone that's that came out of the, that is a veteran with mental health issues to, with me versus another peer that's a veteran? So what? Why is it? Why does it matter? Well, more than likely, um, a veteran may not say to a civilian, um, "Hey, these, this is what happened to me in the military." Mm-hmm. Especially if it's something traumatic, if it's um, something related, if it's a woman that um, what had sexual harassment or faced um, some something mm-hmm. like that, like that. They may not talk to a not a civilian peer because that person may not know the terminology. Right. That person may not know uh, what that means. Like yeah, they may not know the acronyms. They may not right. know what those what the uh, I mean. Like you're asking somebody to volunteer and go through a ten week, twelve week, or sometime even longer basic training and then on top of it go through a specific job training. Right. So so a couple of weeks ago I introduced you to the CEO of Western York Independent Living, Doug Usiak, mm-hmm. who's a veteran. And I just sat there and I watched you two talk and it was like you guys all understood it just there's a lot of aha mm-hmm. moments and and it's, and it was like what are they talking about? But you guys have this language mm-hmm. that me as a layperson I just observed you guys interacting. It was just like you guys knew each other forever. Is that 
Yeah, so. and that's one of the things in the veteran community because we've all sworn our oath to uphold and defend the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and, and domestic. Mm -hmm. It's one of the things that oh, we're gonna hit, we're gonna have in common, and the veterans that I work with, I'm not gonna let them go, even though they're working with me or. So I think. What do you mean, let them go? I'm not because I've been trained as a veteran to watch out for my fellow. Oh, okay. fellow yeah. So you friend. made that commitment, a public commitment. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I'm just, you know, going about my life. Yeah. Right. But I didn't pledge to serve my, you know, I didn't make a pledge or. Right. And the veteran does. Yeah. Yeah. So and and everyone know all the veterans know that. Yeah, and in the veteran community, it's kind of like. Uh, when we come together, um, it's kind of like we, yeah, we may struggle, we may have different struggles, we may cope differently, but we all know that at some point in our life, we swore an oath to defend mm -hmm. the Constitution, whether it's one minute, whether it's a week right. or whatever, you swore an oath to defend the Constitution, and you deserve to have support. Right, so... You don't swear an oath to defend the Constitution for 18 months. It's a life commitment, right? Is that... It ends up being a, life, a yeah, lifetime... A bond, yeah. Yeah, and that's what bonds a lot of former veterans and military personnel together. And I think that's one of the things that is a strength in recovery if we can get the veteran to recognize that, oh, you're... <laughs> You're this strong. Mm -hmm. You can. You can. You can be able to do this. But sometimes they need support navigate navigating the different systems in society and because it's complicated. Yes, nothing simple. Like if they made it simple, they wouldn't need all this paid people to help people get through the system. Right. Yeah. So you are starting this initiative. This. This walk roll a thon thing, this event, you 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 have this idea to to honor veterans that have post traumatic stress disorder. Is that so? What I did last year is I for twenty twenty two for and twenty twenty two for um to honor my work and as and my recovery as well as the work that I was doing with the veterans at. RSI. Restoration um, Society, yeah. Um, I kind of decided to, on my own, start an initiative of, like, this veteran mental health awareness walk. And I mm -hmm. walked 84 miles, and, it, and wow. I averaged about six to nine miles a week mm -hmm. um, through the months of May and June. Mental health awareness mm -hmm. and June is PTSD awareness. Okay, month. all right. So um, that ended up being about 84 miles. And that gave me purpose for wanting to walk outside, wanting to mm. take care of my body, wanting to do some of those things. But this year, I'm wanting to include more people, mm -hmm. um, RSI employees and other people who want to honor their own recovery if they are a veteran, mm -hmm. or maybe they work with veterans and want to honor. Okay. Um, just, just like a memorial, like thought, 
uh, intentional thought. Yes. Yes. Okay. While you're doing something good for yourself, for yourself, and for your for your post traumatic stress. Yes. Hey, you mentioned RSI. What is RSI? So Restoration Society is a nonprofit um, that is a peer-run agency that um, provides different mental health services, and we look to break down barriers um, in society. And mm-hmm. and one of, one of the things that when I applied for RSI, I said. Um, I have veteran experience, and I've been slowly developing my job in housing mm-hmm. to in, to specialize in working with the, with a, the veteran population and helping the organization understand veterans a little bit more. And I've had the um, experience of working with at least two on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so one, you're educating this non-for-profit mental health agency on understanding veterans, mm-hmm. and two, uh, and two, you focus on housing. Is housing a why is housing really important to veterans? What's what's the problem there? Well, there are a lot of veterans that. Do not um, that that do not um, obtain housing, and if we look at the theory of housing first, that if a, a veteran is more likely going to seek treatment and participate in treatment if they have good um, quality housing. So, why is housing important to you? Um, I have I have been through the HUD VASH program. So a federal. It's a fed, fed, It's a federal VA um, HUD housing program. Okay, so the government pays for your housing or yeah. some of it. Yes. Why? 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 Because because the VA sees that veteran homelessness is okay. a serious issue. Okay. Why? Why is it a serious issue, Heidi? Why? why? What's it, how come veterans have trouble with housing and um, keeping housing? I think I think some of it is. Um, have you ever had trouble with that? Have you ever? Had to... I when I first came back, I was mm-hmm. living at my parents. Uh huh. So I didn't, and it took a little bit for me to find an apartment and. I've been able, I've had a good relationship with my landlord Mm -hmm. and stuff like that, but um, there are veterans that don't have really good relationships with their landlords and, um, and, um, there's not communication. Or the the way that um, a veteran may display their mental health may not, may not be like, really um, acceptable in society right, so standards. They may not make good neighbors with untreated or unaddressed issues. Right. Okay, so, yeah. So, the same problem we all have, people labeled with mental health issues, is inclusion and understanding. Yes. Yes, yes. So, um, so what's, let's say I have a neighbor or a next, like, that really, like, it's like I express concern for them. I'm concerned 
What can I do instead of calling up my landlord and complaining? Well, I think one of the things is that um, have you talked to the person first? I know. Like, people are afraid to talk to people. Yeah. yeah. Have, you, have, you, have you tried addressing the veteran first? And I would also say, can you keep your opinions about whatever the wars were right. or... What uh, you may you may disagree with that veteran, but you've got to recognize that that person served their country, mm-hmm. and now they're having to deal with the aftereffects of what yeah. transitions and everything mentally and emotionally that they had to go through to actually make sure that you you had. Right. Um, a decent house or a decent amount of money. So veterans dedicated their life to protecting us. So it's like the community's responsibility or job, or it should be to include them in in our community and like step up to the plate. Yes, so. I mean it, it should it should be that um, there really should not be uh, much of a divide between the civilian world and the military right. world, but, but there, there is. is. Yeah, and that's why a lot of veterans don't f- don't feel comfortable going to civilian providers, going to um, civilian even civilian mental health providers, because it is a lot different when a civilian is trying to deal with a veteran, but if a nor, um, mental health organization has somebody like me on yeah. staff, they can be able to work with that civilian to help them um, with, oh, this this needs to be done, or right. have you done okay. this, or have yeah. you... So, um, it's it, are people afraid of veterans with mental health issues? Is it more... I than think, just someone that's not a veteran. Th- Have you I, felt that? I think it. I think society in society has changed since the early two thousands. Yeah. That now, and I'm at a place where where if somebody thanks me for my for their yeah for, you, for my yeah. service, I am okay with that person saying it. But there are some who are veterans or who are military personnel that really have no idea how to deal with somebody say, saying that to them. And it it makes them feel uncomfortable. Yeah, so my 86-year-old father always thanks veterans. Thanks for your service. Thanks for your service. And it seems like people are like, what? Like, they just joke about it now. Like, it's just a joke. Like, it's not sincere, and it's not... It seems that way. It's like, just... Oh, people just say that. Like, they just, you know, just to move on. So, yeah, and I yeah. think that's where now it's come to, but now we need to provide the real service behind. Right, right. And, it's um, payback time for our community. It, yeah. it's a, and really, American society needs to get behind and kind of like realize that, yeah, these people are getting tax dollars for what they provided the country, and that is necessary, but the, the VA does not provide everything, right. so everything somebody could need. 
So I'm thinking they could probably just need companionship and humanness like to be part of the community. And yes. that doesn't cost anything. Right. Yeah. So well thank you very much, Heidi. So if people want to learn about your walk or get in touch with you to talk about more things or things you brought up, how can they reach you, Heidi? So the best way, if it's um, a peer or um, work-related, they can email me at H-O-L-S-E-N. H-O-L-S-E-N. At, at rsiwesternnewyork.org. R-S-I- W-N-Y dot Okay, so H. Olson at R-S-I-W-N-Y dot O-R-G. Yes. All right, thank you so much, Heidi. It's been a privilege and an honor to talk with you, and I won't thank you for your service. I'll, <laughs> I'll thank you for your community involvement and for, you know, sticking your neck out and doing this podcast. I know it's a big deal, so yes. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. We've just had a great discussion with Heidi Olson, uh, peer extraordinaire, specializing in veterans, issues, and services. Thank you. You've been listening to Peers Like Me, a podcast that explores issues related to behavioral health, sponsored by Western New York Independent Living, Inc., with the assistance of the Niagara Frontier Radio Reading Service. Today, our guest has been Heidi Olson, who was honorably discharged from the U.S. Army with mental health issues in 2010 and now serves as a support peer for Veterans at Restoration Society. Our host has been Maura Kelly.